guys. Welcome to Dual Shaka Shaka <laughs> episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should start every show with shut the fuck up. Like that just that just sets the tone for the every rest of the show. Part. Tony just cursing people off. Like, yo, what's up, motherfucker? Shut the fuck up. Well, to be fair, the people can hear that part of it. But yeah, I started with things going because I was about to start the thing and Joel, uh, Tori starts saying, "I'm like, shut the fuck up." <laughs> Yeah, so uh, welcome to the Stool Shocker Shotcast episode 173. Tony Blanco here with Mr. Ryan Meitzler. No, fuck you. <laughs> and George Jimenez. <laughs> we should all shut the fuck up. <laughs> yes. I, are we going to do a fail cast right away? We're just going to start it off as a fail cast right now. <laughs> and Ryan, don't edit any of that out. Keep it all in there. Keep it all in there. <laughs> it's been noted. All right, guys. Who wants to do the new game releases? I'll take it this time. All right, go for it. Take that, Jorge. I mean, here's this week's new releases. <laughs> uh, all right, so the new releases from May 4th to May 11th, 2014. The year of our Lord. Yes, not the not 2013 or 2015, 2014. Yes. Uh, so we have the God of War collection for play. It's uh, it's is it just PlayStation Vita? Or is it PS3 too? God of War collection. Uh, I think it's just for the PS Vita. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so we have the God of War collection for PlayStation Vita, uh, MLB 14, the show for PS4, Hakuoki, Stories of the Shinsengumi for PS3, Stick It to the Man for PS4, Sports Friends for PS3 and PS4, Titan Attacks for PS4, PS3, and PS Vita, Broken Sword 5, The Serpent's Curse for PlayStation Vita, Football Manager Classic 2014 for PlayStation Vita, Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne, a play, uh, PS2 classic for PS3. Yay, yay. <laughs> uh, Tesla Effect, the Tex Murphy Adventure for PS for PC. Yeah. Age of Mythology Extended Edition for PC. The Denpa Men three, the Denpa Men three, the Rise of Digital for 3DS. <laughs> uh, Grincia for 3DS and Bound by Flame for PS4, PS3, PC, and Xbox 360. Nothing for the brow this week. No brow this week. Or Ouya no was very light on releases after two big games last week. Yeah, I want to say this. I <laughs> didn't know. Conviction. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't even make releases for Ouya, so. Yeah, I didn't know that Broken Sword had four other games for four or five. I didn't know that. Oh, and I know yeah. Denpa Men had two games for four or three. Very interesting. <laughs> All right, Ryan, what's your pick for the week? Uh, my pick for the week is Sports Friends on PS3 and PS4. Um, for those that don't know, it's a collection of like party mini games and and uh, various games you could play with uh, Dual Shocks and with uh, I keep calling them Dual Shockers for so. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dual Shocks and PlayStation Move controllers, uh, especially my favorite of the games that I want to play is Johann Sebastian Joust. Uh, if anyone's seen that, it's a really fun like tag sort of game with the PlayStation Move controllers. So that's the one I want to get the most out of all of them. Um, but yeah, Sports Friends is my pick for the week. Nice. George, what about you, man? I'm going to go with MLB 14, the show. The show. For particular reason why. Maybe for the PS4. It. <laughs> well, it's like the PS3 version, except prettier. Ah, uh, yes. So I'm going to go with that, because Cobra Jimenez needs to be in high def, <laughs> 60 frames per second, and at 1080p. That's, <laughs> that's how he rolls. That's right, and my pick of the week is the God of War collection because it's fucking Kratos. I mean, seriously. Kratos! Kratos. Yeah. I'm mad! Yeah. <laughs> I only have one emotion, and it's me. I, God of War 1 is still my favorite of the series. Yeah, it's the, that's yeah. the best one. 
Because that's really the is. one that actually has like I the structure of a dream of a Greek tragedy. Yeah, it really did. It really did. Yeah. Go ahead. I kind of I kind of prefer God of War two a little bit more, but that's you know. That's just me. I yeah, guess. well, I mean, in terms of mechanics, God of War 2 was better, but in terms of, like, story and the way it all unfolded, I still prefer the first one, even until this day. Even though mechanically it could get kind of annoying. The Hades level, it's like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, oh. And the realm of Hades, too, is pretty fucking annoying. All right, so let's talk about some of the stuff we done did around here. Uh, Ragnarok Odyssey Ace. Uh, Ryan, you did that uh, for the PS Vita. How was that? Uh, it was pretty good. I'm like I'm not a huge like RPG person, um, but you know I, I wanted to try that style of game, uh, especially because you know it's kind of this like Monster Hunter style thing. Um, but I enjoyed it. Like I think the only thing was that it tends to get a little repetitive, uh, you know, because it, it gets very grindy and there's like a lot of repetition in it. But uh, I think you know what's there, like the the progression system and like the you know you're constantly getting new skills and new uh, you know weapons and everything. That that kept me like you know kept me going through it. Um, I ended up giving it a six, you know, just because I felt like the repetition really kind of like it, it felt like that was all it really had, like most of the time. Um, but you know, I still enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Yeah, is this the sequel to the original Ragnarok Odyssey? Uh, it's it, it's sort of it's more of a re-release. Um, so it's uh, it, it's it's a re-release of the original Ragnarok Odyssey, just with a lot of new like content and dungeons and weapons and everything like that. Yeah, I remember I played the demo for this game. Five minutes in, I was bored out of my mind. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I really don't like these kind of monster hunter type of games, but yeah, I think like. it. Yeah, I think it's just like especially those type of games. They have a really really like uphill sort of like learning curve. Um, yeah, because it takes it takes a while for like especially even so like you know I guess compared to something like a MOBA or like you know something that like you really have to kind of put in a lot of time in order to like figure out how to play it. Yeah, I'm not yeah. with that. <laughs> too much of a too much of a kind of a time commitment because I tried getting into Ragnarok and I was just like, oh no, thank you. In order to be good, you have to put on like a thousand hours, or at least to to get cool things, you have to do that. And I was just like, uh, not for me. I have a full time job. I can't do this. Sorry. Like, yeah, 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 that's why it's like RPGs. Like that, you know. Like I used to play a, a lot of them like back in the day, but now I just I really don't like play as many just because the the commitment. It's a lot of yeah, a lot like of back hours. in high school, you have nothing but time. But when you're like <laughs> an adult, you only have like maybe if you're lucky two hours of like actual game time before you look, you know, we have to go to bed because we're old. Yep. Yeah, you want to maximize your game time, you yeah. know, or you want to spend grind. Hours, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You want to spend two hours grinding away, killing rabbits, or do you want to play a full-fledged game in two hours? What are you going to do? Get something done. Exactly. Yep. And uh, we have, George, you did this one. The game, best games you're not playing, Commuter Edition. You actually decided, like, I'm going to throw a bunch of shit into this, which I thought was really cool. Uh, yeah, this is actually, like, my, my favorite feature to write, because, um, you know, there's a there's a lot of games out there that like don't get that much publicity, and just you know, some of us don't have time to do like a full. Because I played all these games, and it's like oh, I'd like to do a review of this, but it's like ah, is anyone going to care? So I figured just doing it kind of like an all encompassing like feature. It, you know, first it'll read better, and also just kind of like those little quick kind of synapses and just like. Hey, this is my this is my impression of it. This is why you should play it. This is probably why you missed it. But uh, I talked about uh, Left Rousers, which I fucking love. And if you have a Vita, it's amazing. I'm playing on the PC, but it's just a an arena shooter where it's just you can free fall. It's dogfighting, but it's yeah. done in like the weirdest way possible. And then my favorite part is like the random elements of it, where you can change the chassis of your ship or get a new engine or a new weapon. Like once you get that spread shot, it's pretty much game over. But then you can also get an engine that just doesn't fall, so you never, like, free fall. You just defy gravity. Or you can set off a nuke. A really fun game. It's about the same guys who made uh, Ridiculous Fishing. 
So they they know how to make like I'm only gonna play for five minutes. They know how to make they know how to maximize those five minutes for the most fun possible and still feel like you got something accomplished. And then uh, I talked about out there, which is kind of like this. Uh, it's kind of like FTL except less less uh, frenetic, but still just as stressful. It's a roguelike where you know you will die a million times, but oh man, it's such a cool looking game and it's so gloomy and like you're just alone on a spaceship and you're trying to get from point A to point B and you don't have enough resources so you have to either every decision you make is a bad decision but it's just kind of you go like the lesser of two evils so it's yeah. do I go to this planet here where this you know I'm where it's too close to the sun and it's going to fry my hull but damn it I need the fuel to continue because if you don't have fuel you get stranded and you die or do you go here to get more oxygen because if you don't have oxygen you'll die and yeah, every decision you do is bad, but I do like about it is the whole idea is to replay the game over and over again. So you'll come across alien alien artifacts, and it'll be in a language, and you're like, well, I only know one word of this language. But then you might go to a space station that says, hey, by the way, I know a couple of words of this alien language. So next time you go back to that same place, you can kind of make out like, oh, this thing I'm touching is super dangerous. I should probably avoid it. But you won't. You only know that in your six play, you know, your six playthrough. So. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so I mean, your your games can literally be from like forty five seconds to twenty minutes, and you can you know you still get enough done. And then I did Hitman Go because I actually really love this approach to Hitman. It's kind of like almost it's set up almost like a board game on like these beautiful. The levels are laid out just like big. They almost look like these uh, tabletop RP. You know, these tabletop oh, RPGs. Sweet. So when you look at it, it's like all the characters are kind of like these diecast figures. And you still the hitman mechanics are still there, where it's turn-based, but you know Agent Forty Seven can hide or take a you know or you know don a disguise, or you can just be like screwed and just going to try to kill everyone. And you can do that too, and it's really cool. And I just love the way that like you kind of eliminate your targets. It's nothing graphic. It's literally just your figurine going boop, and the other figurine's getting knocked off the table. <laughs> but yeah, that's a lot of fun. And then I mentioned some other ones like Hearth, uh, Hearthstone. I keep saying Hearthstone, and uh, Mario. Golf World Tour, which are just, like I said, just fun games to play on the go. And yeah, I decided to go Commuter Edition because I've been playing a lot of these games before bed. And I was like, you know, I figured that'd be kind of a good thing because I know a lot of people out there commute and take the bus and the subway and they want to look for, you know, some of us have some long ass commutes. So I'd rather play a game than just kind of make like awkward eye contact with people on the subway. So Yeah, you don't want to do that in the subway, not in New York, man. <laughs> you know, no, no, because that's either that's either an invitation for sex or getting beaten up. So you, and you sometimes <laughs> you can't tell the difference, which sucks. So <laughs> I'd rather just keep your eyes down here and play a game because God forbid you get into a conversation with people like, no, that's let's not do that. Yeah, no, we don't do that. We don't do that around here. <laughs> um so yeah, you obviously a lot of these games are, you know, indie games and that leads us to our main topic, because I was thinking about this. Uh, all the games I've been playing on my PS4 have all been, like, smaller kind of indie games. And I find it interesting how we're in this age where we have, like, the most graphically, like, intense, like, consoles ever. PCs are getting more powerful, yet indie games are rising up. They've been doing so for a few years now. Personally, I think it's fucking great. Um, why? But I wanted to ask, why do you think this is? Why are there so many indie games like proliferating? Is it uh, just because the media, you know, guys like us specifically like these kind of games, and we talk about them and people check them out, or is it? Is there like a genuine hunger for these smaller kind of games, not just these big extravagant triple A experiences? So I think I think like the biggest thing. Like especially you know with with this past generation and just in the last couple of years has been like the, you know the whole digital distribution making indie games a lot easier to access than like obviously like you know from 
before with the PS2 and, you know, the, the, that generation, like, you could only get games really, you know, aside from if you were playing on PC, you could only get games on, you know, in retail and all that. But now that we've had, you know, Xbox Live Arcade, we've had PlayStation Network, we have Steam, you know, we have all these outlets where people can self-publish and bring indie games. I mean, obviously that's huge because, you know, it's a lot easier to access them. So, I mean, just in terms of, like, availability and getting indie games, like, that's been, like, I think the, the biggest thing that, that's made it, you know, so easy to play and, and get indie games. Yeah, that's an interesting way of saying it. Yeah, it's like, hey, the games are there. They're relatively cheap. I'm going to try it because there's not much of a sacrifice or a commitment to it. It's yeah. like, you know, you know, even and I guess even phone games count in that sense too, like Angry Birds or something. It's like, it's only a dollar. I'll try it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, even if it's like, I, you know, even if it's just on iOS or the, uh, you know, through Android, um, you know, through there. And, uh, you know, I think the other big thing for me is just the fact that, like, you know, because indie games are so, you know, they're willing to take more risks um, and because, you know, a lot of the innovation that you're seeing from games just in general is coming from indie games rather than from, you know, the more the studio-produced stuff. Uh, and even, you know, with, for example, Child of Light, which came out last week, you know, that's, you know, it's a it's an indie game that's coming from, you know, a really, you know, it's coming from Ubisoft. It's coming yeah. from a big publisher but it's because it's the type of game where they can, um, because it's a smaller scale game, because it's a smaller budgeted game, they can afford to take more risks with it. Um, you know, so even if it doesn't become like a huge success, you know, worst case scenario it doesn't become a huge success, they, you know, they're only able to make back what, you know, whatever investment that they they put into it. You know, best case scenario it becomes a huge hit and it becomes this really cool, you know, sort of niche, um, you know, unique title that they have in their catalog now. So um, I think just in terms of like trying new things and all that, that's another reason why indies are so appealing. Uh, just because they they're they're more willing, I think, to try new things and to be uh, different. Yeah, exactly. They're not a, they're not going to put themselves in any real danger if in case it flops. Because you're right, dude, it's going to make their money back either way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, indies where that's where kind of the real innovation is, and you know, it's not and it's not to knock the AAA titles, but no. you know, not at all. No. But it, you know, it's like, hey, you know what? I spent three dollars on you know three dollars on out of there, and the worst case scenario is I don't like it and lost three dollars. On um, the other hand, it's like, hey, I've never played Tomb Raider, and then you put in $60, like, oh my god, I fucking hate this. I feel like people are more easy to approach. And also, the weirder stuff is, they're, they're the indie games. Those are kind of neat. Like, you know, the innovation is there. Like, you know, last year, what was the most one of the most popular games was Papers, Please, and you're playing a guy at a border checking passports, essentially. Stamping and papers, I mean, yeah. Yeah, you're stamping papers, and you're, and like, you, no AAA studio is going to look at this and be like, we can't sell 10 million copies of this. Like, we'll, we'll be lucky if we sell 1,000. And, yeah, someone's out there really, to, you know, willing to take a risk. And, like I said, it's just that, you know, AAA, they need to sell games, so they need to go with what works. So there's, you know, like how Ryan mentioned earlier, just you don't see people taking that many risks. Because, like, in any game, it's like, hey, you know, it cost me $50,000 to make this game, and if it doesn't work, you know, it's not a big, you know, it's yeah, not a big it, deal. It's no big deal for them, pretty much. Versus, like, if they try to do, hey, we're going to make an Assassin's Creed where, you know, it's like some weird, random, you know, thing. It's like, we're going to make an Assassin's Creed that's like, But, you know, but he's going to cook. Awesome. He's not going to yeah, kill anyone, but he's gonna, it's going to be like a cooking game. It'll be kind yeah, of quirky. No, that would end the franchise because it would cost too much money and it would probably not sell. I mean, if it did, it'd be awesome, but most likely it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting how a lot of these kind of games they were, you know, like Japan had these. Like basically, Japan. There was one point where I, I joked, like, any kind of activity you could do, they've made a game out of it in Japan. Like, you know, a McDonald's employee. Yeah, they got some like that flipping burgers. That's the entire game. Uh, but now we're starting to see fun stuff like that over here too. You know, they they've had crazy like. A shoe fitter, um, the Express or whatever. I don't know, crazy fucking games. They've had they shit like that in Japan, so it's kind of cool seeing that. And then, yeah, just for me personally, I like just 
like, okay, I have this PS4, most powerful system out there. I'm, I like playing the little games. It's just something really fun about that. Yeah, isn't that great? You spent 400 bucks and it's all like, <laughs> It's awesome, though, man. And the thing is, a lot of these games kind of distill a lot of the bullshit that the AAA game, and I'm knocking AAA games again, but they kind of distill it to the essence of what the core game is supposed to be. And then you're right, you could also tell different kind of stories, like more personal stuff, like Papo and Yo. It was essentially a story about a drunk dad. Or, you know, or the Walking Dead games, you know, Telltale Studios. It's an in studio. I mean, that yeah. was many people's game of the year, and it's like, hey, look, an adventure game can be a fucking game of the year? That's crazy. Yeah. Like, no AAA studio is going to put the resources in for an adventure game because... You know, you go to the ma- you know, go to the masses like, hey guys, you want to play point and click adventure game? They're like, no, why? Like, no, yeah, no. I don't want to play that. <laughs> Isn't that like Mist or something? Ill. Who plays Mist? And you know, and like we need, and, and, and it's funny because like you know, we we talk about like, oh, these AAA games are just more of the same, sequelitis, blah blah blah. But it's like, you know what? If Call of Duty didn't sell a billion copies, we, it, you know, it's it, it shows confidence in the platform. So the fact that these systems can sell. Call of Duty can make a billion copies, therefore a game like Luftrausers can work on PS3. It yeah, gives exactly. them the opportunity to put to put it on that platform because it's like, hey, look, there's a lot of people playing this game. They might like this game as opposed to the other way around where, yeah, you know, Luftrausers is not going to sell a billion. It's not going to make a billion dollars in profit, let's face it, because it's a quirky arena shooter. But you know what? You, you get it in front of enough people, they might enjoy it, but... I think, you know, we need the AAA as much as we need, like, the quirky indie stuff, or it's like, if you want innovation or something, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll lean towards indie, but if you just want to sit back and want something really commercial, really bombastic, we have the AAA studios for that. So I kind of like that it's become easier for these indie titles to be put on these bigger platforms like, you know, Xbox One and PS4, and then finally, like, you know, every, it's easy to get on Steam now, which wasn't the case before. You had to go through, like, either their official website and download the game through some weird .exe file. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, it's, it's, it's become easier to obtain indie games, thankfully, from, from this uh, digital distribution, and that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah, it's great, and like we said before, you know, the innovation is going to start coming from there now. I, I think the industry definitely needs them because you're not going to get too much innovation in the big guys. It's just not going to happen. But if it works with the indie guys, mm. you know, some of those ideas will trickle over. So yeah, and the, the indie guys need the big guys to do well. They, they do, exactly. They both need each other. So I really think, you know, th- this generation might possibly be one of the best ones in terms of just pure games. It's great. So more indie games. I'm totally down for that. Yeah, they're going to take the risk. I mean, we got Transistor coming out later this month. I cannot wait to play yes, it. You know what? Yes. We, saw, we saw it at PAX, and you're like, I don't think I've ever kind of played a game like this. It's like semi-turn-based, and like, this is really cool. But you know what? No AAA studio is going to do that. Yeah, it's, it's like, true. Sad to true. Because, you know, it's a very by-the-numbers, and they have kind of, like, their checklist, and it's like, yeah, listen, you know, there's a bigger audience for a first-person shooter than there is for a sort of almost turn-based real-time strategy game. It's just like, no, we're going to sell more doing this, so let's do that. And, you know, hey, big publishers are going to do what big publishers do, but it's great when you see small when you see studios like Ubisoft take chances on just weird, quirky projects like Child of Light, or even if you go something as far as, like, uh, Fargo Blood Dragon. That's a weird fucking game. Yeah. Like, it's like, hey, you know what? We could easily turn this into just another run-in-the-mill Far Cry 3 DLC where it's like, hey, it's another fucking island where you can jump off, you know, hang glides and stuff. But it's like, no, let's take it in some weird direction. And I like seeing studio, I like seeing big publishers take that risk and just seeing how it works. And you know what? Sometimes it works in your favor. Sometimes it's like, yeah, okay, great. Yeah, speaking yeah. about Ubisoft, what do you guys think about Valiant Hearts? I saw the trailer for it. So I'm like, that looks amazing. Like, I-, I like the fact that it's set during World War One. No one tackles that war because unlike World War Two, 
that's a pretty messy war. No one really knows what the fuck. Like, why were yeah. we fighting this? Yeah, I mean, that, honestly, that that news made my day because, like, when I saw the trailers for that game last year, uh, it looks really great. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, just the fact that it's coming out so soon has me excited. But yeah, like you said, like it, it's interesting because it is covering this kind of period. Like, obviously, we've had World War II games like up the wazoo for the last, like, you know. Yeah, years. exactly. Um, but also just because it, you know. I mean, like, you know, aside from that, just, um, you know, getting to see more, like, uh, UbiArt framework games as well yes. is really good. Like, aside from uh, Rayman and now Child of Light, you know, now we'll have Valiant Hearts coming out. And it's going to be, you know, honestly, it's going to take more of a different direction. That's going to be something a little more, you know, dark and mature uh, also, I think that we've seen. That UbiArt engine is pretty. Yeah, that's exactly why I'm excited is because obviously like it's still pretty new because we've really only seen it on you know three games right now you know the Rayman games and Child of Light and you know getting to see it do all this this stuff's really cool so yeah it's really funny what like really good graphics can do that just kind of like mediocre gameplay and just like how much you're willing to put up with it's kind of like oh man sh- like she's really boring, but she's really pretty. So I'm gonna put up with her. <laughs> like, and 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 I feel like we do that in video games. Take like uh, Rise, Son of Rome, which is hey, you know, it is just a run of the mill hack and slash, except it looks really good. And you're like, that looks like a real dude, and he's talking, and he, I can tell he looks mad because his face is all mad. And you're like, man, and I played through that game, and I was like, you know, I probably should have stopped playing this game three hours in. But there was something that kind of kept me going, and was like. They have these barbarians look scary, and I want to kill them all because I want to see their heads go this way. And like that's really cool. And yeah, that, I'm I'm super excited for that Ubi art that Ubi art engine and Valiant Hearts looks amazing. And it's like, mm-hmm. and yeah, and we're, like, no one touches it's trench warfare. Like no one ever. It wasn't a it wasn't a popular war at least in like just pop culture. It's just like yeah, yeah. World War Two is easy. The Nazis are evil. We have to stop them from. <laughs> Well, the thing is, World War II took so many places in different, like, uh, you know, just different types of battlefields. It's like somewhere on beaches, it snowed here, and Hawaii, let's go to, you know, let's go to the Pacific. And I guess it was trench warfare, it was like, no, it's just dudes in holes. It's, that's not exciting. And I can see, I can see why you can't make a 12-hour video game about just dudes fighting in holes that long. Yeah, exactly. Like, what are we fighting for? I don't know. I I don't know. that guy stuck his hat out and it came off. I, so I'm just going to stay down here. Like, fuck that shit. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, more indie games and more... And, I, yeah, it's like, I hope some of the other guys take Ubisoft's things. Like, do what they're doing, too. Let, you know, let the big guys support the little ones, too. I love it. I love it. And, yes, Valiant Hearts. Mm. I'm excited now. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. Um, let's move over. I, I, I know, George, you like that when people get excited about games. I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, let, let's talk about some news. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things. Talk about big games. So, Call of Duty, it's coming out this year. Surprise! Call of Duty's coming out this year. Uh, this one's called Advanced Warfare. No, no, Warfighter. No, wait. Warfare? Well, that's what I was going to say. It was like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, wait a minute. Didn't Ghost Recon do this first? Like, <laughs> Yeah. We got Kevin Spacey, though, man. That's I'm okay that, with that. That House, of, that. that House of Cards Season 3 trailer was pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <So. laughs> Um, anything special about this? I'll be honest, I didn't even watch the trailer. I could, I could not care less about fun. There's future crap in there. They've got like exosuits and hover bikes and 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 drones and 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 people. Didn't they have that already in the last one? Black nah, no, nah, but they they got exoskeletons. It's like a suit that makes you stronger. Uh, Black Ops. <laughs> Yo, man, you talk like... about that shit from Aliens, son. <laughs> Black Ops 2 was more like the near future. This is like the far future. Yeah, this is like know? super like... future. Like, <laughs> this is like hover cars and, and like bikes that can park themselves. 
And I mean, it, it, it looked good. I mean, if we're, if we're if we just because you know the big thing, the first thing you see was like, capture of an Xbox One. I was like, oh, okay, great. And the game looks good. I mean, I was like, that's a pretty looking game, but it's just more. It's more Call of Duty as Call of Duty. It's like, yeah. Is it going to be on every console again? Or yeah, it's going to be on every console. But they're doing kind of like how. Uh, you know how you know they just have these promotional deals where it's like, yeah, all, all the Watch Dogs footage we're seeing is on PS4. That's what Sony worked out with Ubisoft, and same thing with Call of Duty. Xbox work, you know, Microsoft worked out something with Call of Duty. So all the footage we're gonna see is from Xbox One, and all the DLC is gonna be coming on Xbox One before anyone else. But I mean, it, it looks, you know, it looks good. It looks like a good sci-fi shooter, but it's, I mean, it's still another Call of Duty. So, and, and they didn't show any multiplayer. It was just more just set pieces and people stuff blowing up, and I mean, this machine thing, and there's a robot, and it's just. Future tech. I don't know. It's invisible. Did someone go invisible? I felt like someone did go invisible in that trailer. Yeah, they should have called yeah, it. Yeah. I, I wanted them to call it Future Warfare. That would have been funnier to me. Call of Duty Future Warfare. <laughs> um, it, it just looked like Call of Duty just, you know, super suits and shit. Like, all right. I, I would have been great with that name. Just like, hey, super suits and rockets. Like, that would have been great. Yeah. Uh, do you guys think. Um, Okay, because the last Call of Duty game didn't sell as well as the other ones. Uh, do you think it was it might... terrible? That's why. Oh, okay, because Ghost was just shit. Is Ghost that was just awful? It literally made I don't know. There was just it looked like just a just a game. It was like oh fuck, another year we need another Call of Duty game. What do we do? And it's like all right, just, just put this together as much as you can. And it's like all right, brothers, and they got a dog. And it's like really, the, your selling point is your game has a dog. Yes, and fish AI. Don't forget about AI. that. Great, your fish go in different directions. I'm like that. that really, guys. Like we might as well just have released a multiplayer game, and that's it. Like, <laughs> right. but no, I mean, you know, it looks alright. Like I got Black Ops. You know, I got very, I got like Black Ops Two vibes, which I was like, I actually kind of like that game. They tried some new things there. Hopefully, this is the one by Sledgehammer Games. So you know, maybe we'll see some new modes like that. So maybe we'll bring back Strike Force, that like pseudo RTS first-person shooter mode that was in there. Like I'd like to see them take some risk with the franchise, at least try something new. It's like, yeah, it's still a first-person shooter, and I have no problems with that multiplayer. It's not really for me, but I think the formula they have is what you know. That's it's a good multiplayer game. So I feel like as long as they leave that alone. And just you know, take a little chance on the on the single player. Let's throw some crazy modes in there and see what happens. But I don't know, maybe a co-op mode that'd be fun. Just you're in a super suit, I'm in a super suit. I can fly, you can fly. I got a gun. <laughs> I got you know, I got a gun that sees through walls and bounces off and lasers and shit. Like yeah, why not? Yeah. So there you go. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'll sell well. we'll yes, yeah, call it. Like great, call it. Exactly. All right. The next thing is, uh, this is still unconfirmed, but pretty much, you know, I think we could say it's one of those like. What do we call rumors that are, you know, they're true, but they're still rumors? What do we call those? Uh, like The Last of Us. Like, we knew that was coming. It was future facts. I don't yeah, know. Future, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, okay, future facts slash rumor. Um, the next Mass Effect game will be called Contact. Uh, that was information, you know, that I don't even know if you could call it leak because my man, Asan, was just fucking tweeting this shit. Uh, Mr. Thruway on uh, Twitter Full disclosure, I'm a really good friend with this guy. I asked him, like, I'm like, wait, like, what's the name name of the next um, Mass Effect game? So he told me it, and we figured out it was our contact. Um, yeah, I think it's a con- first contact war. Um, I hope so. That would be awesome. Yes, it would. I, be. I even went as far as the comments. I was like, oh man, I would love to see a young Captain Anderson just tearing up Turians. Like, take that plot plot. Like, oh man, just yeah, Keith, that would and just brilliant. bring Keith David back, and that'd be amazing. 
Yeah, because I mean, you know, because people have been speculating, like, is this going to take place after Mass Effect Three or before it? I think this set is going to take place before it, and I don't mind. I want to see John Grissom. I want to see all those guys, man, all those heroes. Yeah, that you you know about. what? I I wouldn't have not, you know I wouldn't have mind seeing just like after Mass Effect Three and just seeing like where they would have gone from there, and like that would have been super interesting. I mean, it probably would have been a mess. But a part yeah. of me, like, I kind of want to see where they left off because you know when you think about the ending, the Mass Effect relays all blew up, and it's like, oh, these are aliens stranded near Earth. That'd be kind of neat seeing how they deal with overpopulation and just, just a bunch of different species just crammed together. Like that'd be someone's neat. talking about the original ending and the new one. They fixed the Mass relays. <laughs> oh right. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, they fixed Boiler them all, alert. man. See, that would have been great if there was just like, oh, guess you guys are stuck here forever. <laughs> Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I, I personally wanted them to keep moving forward, but I don't mind them going back as long as it, like... I, I mean, they wrote themselves into a hole as far as, like, I'm like, all right, we're done here. Like, that's, let's never address this part of the this part of the timeline ever again. We yeah. Can only, we can only be in the beginning, so I'm fine with that because there's a lot of, if you read the books, there's a lot of great, like, conflicts and just a lot of good storylines there that we can examine. And yeah, I was thinking about that. Like, this game's called Contact. You think maybe the next game could be called Brachni Wars? Like, why don't you do specific games based on specific events instead of just having Contact 2, 3, and 4, you know? I would not mind being, playing a Krogan. That'd be sick. Yes. <laughs> That'd be cool, yeah. And then going I through the whole genophage thing where it's like, hey, you guys did great. Now we're going to neuter your species because you guys are spreading like wildfire. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, there's a lot of lore in there that they, they can definitely source. So I'm looking forward to that. E3, whew, man, I, yeah, I'm going to be at that, you know, by where, like, come on, what you guys got for me? What you guys got? No, I'm, I'm going to be New Orleans weather. So I'm going to be I'm gonna be up on Twitter and be like, oh, man, that's really cool. I'm going to take another shot. Best part is. I'll text you, George, man, this shit is crazy, son. <laughs> I saw a gator. <laughs> I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Oh, sucks for me then. <laughs> Um, I'm okay. a fan boat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, this is another. This I'm just. This is a rumor because I don't believe any of this shit. Uh, so Sony's E3 press conference details have been leaked. I'm gonna say again, rumor, rumor, rumor. I, you know, some of this shit seems too obvious to me. Hmm. Um, like Uncharted Four. Uh, for the PS4. I mean, yeah, it's E3, and it's been a while since we had an Uncharted, so that makes yeah. sense. I mean, I'm not too surprised. Yeah, an Uncharted has to be announced. Summer 2015 doesn't sound right because don't Uncharted usually come out like in the fall. Yeah, usually they're like November, yeah. except yeah. for maybe the PS the Vita one. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, but usually they're out like later in the year. Yeah, I'm just gonna run down through these. Uh, shout out to our Mr. Giuseppe uh, for posting this. Uh, Meet a Molecule's new title will be a landmark title for Morpheus. Okay, that's the headset. Little Big Planet guy. So we'll have some sort of weird Little Big Planet cute game. So great. All right. Fine. Well, yeah. Well, you know, uh, Gran Turismo 6 is coming to PS4. Uh, that's another upgrade, I guess. Don't care. Do we need that? And then we're hearing God of War Ascension is getting an upgrade. It's like, why? Why no, that game? Care. Nope. Don't care. You're just cool. done with those, right? Good multiplayer, but just don't care. But it was... Yeah, oh, man. Uh, Kill Strain trademark has been related to yeah. Siphon Filter. I guess another Siphon Filter. Yeah! Filter. So, <laughs> fucking Gabe Logan. I liked it. <laughs> Oh man! I miss mean, oh. more like reserved out of like those like uh, early two thousands like spy games. I like I like Gabe Logan. He wasn't like that arrogant. He was just kind of like I'm doing my job. Like whatever. Like, yeah. Like, in a fight between Sam Fisher, Gabe Logan, and uh, you know Agent Forty Seven, who would win? <laughs> Gabe Logan would win. Gabe Gabe Logan to take him out. Because he could roll. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, he had that crazy roll. He, was just, you know, <laughs> he had that roll in that super long taser. 
that he can use. So I was all about that. I really love that. What was that Siphon Filter game? That multiplayer one? Was that a Mega Strain? I don't remember. I played the the uh, PSP games, and they were really good. Those they were, were those were amazing. But yeah, they were really. I, I love that multiplayer game. We have a little custom character, so I just had a guy walking around like a cowboy hat, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm a spy. <laughs> I'm sneaking around with a big orange cowboy hat." Morgan <laughs> yeah, Logan, yeah, bring that fucking guy back. Yeah, let's see what else here. Uh, another Wipeout game. Um, oh, Wipeout, yeah. <laughs> Great games, but it's like, all right. I mean, if I, if I went the rest of my life without another Wipeout game, I would have been totally fine with that. Yeah, I I think I played one of them. I was like, man, it's okay. It's a, I'm not game. It's, it's a yeah. racing game. It's like, whatever. It's an arcade racer. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not clamoring for a Wipeout game. Yeah, I think every exactly. time I, I think every time I play a Wipeout game, it just makes me want an F Zero game because yeah. <laughs> it's like every time. Yeah, that makes sense. I can I buy that. <laughs> I'd rather play F Zero. I love F Zero, man. Yeah. Um, Quantic Dream has a new a trailer for a new game. I guess that's cool. I'm no, not with another not, Quantic yeah, Dream. Probably it'll probably be that weird sorcerer game. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. That would be cool. Um, this one's I mean, yeah, Quantic yeah. Dream is hit or miss. So it's just like whatever. You know it's gonna look good, and there's gonna be some really cool motion capture. But Jason, 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 and it's gonna have an ending that no, yeah, it's gonna have an ending that nobody likes. <laughs> like what? That doesn't even make any sense. What are you talking about? You don't understand. It's art. I'm like, no, it's bad. It's not art. You can't just <laughs> call it art and just make that the excuse. <laughs> you jerk. Exactly. Here's the obvious one. Uh, the Order 1886 is going to get a stage devil. Of course it is. Yeah, that's... that's. Come on. I mean, come on. Seriously. Uh, ni- this one is like, really... Uh, Ninja Theory working on a PS4 exclusive. Possibly Heavenly Sword. Heavenly Sword. Yeah. Uh, I see. I, I, a DMC. I just knock it off the park. Just be like, DMC 2. Done. Yeah, th- that's what I would want. I mean, it's not going to happen, but I, I'd love to see like another DMC. Yeah, uh, Sony London will be at E3, first AAA game in many years, as long as it's not... Uh, what was the name of that um, open-world game they had? I forgot the name of it now. I didn't like it. Right. Getaway. Getaway. Oh, right? oh okay. Was it Getaway? I don't know. I don't like the Getaway. Maybe it's just non-sequitur. I don't like that game. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. It was one of the worst games ever. <laughs> it was shit, dude. We've got no heads-up display. You don't know how much you're down. I'm like, I, I, I can't get anywhere. Where's my map? No, follow your blinkers. I'm like, this is stupid. No one drives like this. Yeah. My car doesn't tell me where I'm going. I tell the car where I'm going. <laughs> you show that car who's boss, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Guerrilla Games, the guys who make Killzone are making an RPG, apparently. Cool. Yeah, cool. I'll take anything that's not a Killzone. Yes. <laughs> me too, man. I, Killzone Shadowfall was my first and last Killzone. I'm not playing those games up again. Good. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, Sony Japan Studios debuting two, maybe even three titles. Project Beast. Spiritual successor to Demon Souls. Okay, hey, we've been hearing about that for a while. Uh, I'm all for that. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. Let me ask you this: um, Is it just because you want more Souls games, or is it because you want Demon Souls specifically? Uh, is Dark Souls not filling no, that? No, no, no. I just want the because it was like the original Souls team. Like most of those guys were on the original Souls team, so I'd like to see what else they can come up with. Oh, okay. Or, um, or, or at least what, or at least what, like what they can, you know. What a spiritual successor to like Demon Souls would look like, coming from the guys who made Demon Souls. Hold on, so aren't isn't Dark Souls by the same guys? Uh, it, same studio, but the majority of the guys who made Demon Souls left. Oh, okay. So and then you know, and then they just make a sequel from this game that was already popular. So it's like, all right, we kind of have like a blueprint to work with. So I would, I'd like to see what their version of a Demon Souls sequel would look like. Oh, okay. And it's on next gen, so it's like that. I I want to see that. 
Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because some people are like, I want Demon Souls, so I'm like, you got Dark Souls. What's, okay, now I get it. Yeah. It makes more, sense more, now. Yeah. Um, okay, and obviously this one, so I'll be surprised if we see this shit. Uh, the Last Guardian, that's the... What's worse, is that Duke Nukem or that? What, was the lo- what games has been on hiatus longer than you know the other one? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Duke Nukem, but at this point, Last Guardian's getting there. So Yeah, it's I mean, ridiculous. Duke Nukem because it took 12 years to come out, so we're just like, listen, we know this game is not going to be good, so let's just release it and see what happens. And like, The Last Guardian's just like, oh, I just want to see... Oh, the, you know, the, we're itching for it. It's, you know, Ico and Shadow of Colossus. I'm like, it's those people. Let's throw the fuck up. Exactly. Yeah, Phew, man, give me that. Give me that game. And last but not least, and this will lead to our last uh, um, news thing, uh, Evolution will give Drive Club some time in the, in the limelight. It's shaping up to be incredible. Yeah, it looks nice. Um, so, yeah, we got some information about that game, and some people are pretty angry. Uh, you guys read about this? Basically, um, you could get the game for free on PlayStation Plus, and you could upgrade to the whatever version, the full version, for $50. But if you just so happen not to resubscribe to PlayStation Plus, the game is gone. You can't play it anymore. And people were up in arms about that. And my well, thing remember, is... PlayStation Plus, you don't own anything. You're technically leasing the games. Right? Yeah. That's the big difference between like Xbox's games with gold and PlayStation Plus. So as long as you're a member, they're going to give you the ability to play these games. You don't technically own these games. And right. the Xbox games with gold, it's like, no, these are yours, whatever. Just download whenever you want. This one's like, once your subscription's up, you're, you're, you're shit out of luck. So that's the, that's the incentive to just always have a subscription and just always give Sony your money for the rest of your life. Because as soon as that's up, you don't own these games. They're just not going to work. Yeah, exactly. The thing is, okay, back in the PS3... Read those terms and agreements when you yeah. sign up for stuff. Back when you during the PS3 era, I could understand people getting mad about it. Like, I don't want to resubscribe to this. I'm not going to get these games. I'm mad. Okay, I understand that. PS4, you need PlayStation Plus to play online. Mm. You cannot play online without it. So you're going to have PlayStation Plus no matter what. Why is this? Why are you getting mad about Drive Club possibly being taken away from you if you don't resubscribe? You're going to resubscribe. Not resubscribing would be moronic. I, I don't get that. I understand why, but at the same time, it's like you're going to have PlayStation Plus anyway. It just seems like people are just complaining for the sake of complaining. It's no, because I, I think that's the idea of, like, I'm giving you money, but I don't technically... Like, people are seeing it as a it's purchase an and not a service. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's an ownership issue. And I, can see, and I can see where they're coming from, where it's like, hey, I'm giving you guys $60 a year. You're telling me I don't own this. And it's like, no, 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 you kind of bought the privilege to play our game on, which is, like, such a douchey thing to, like, when you think about it. It's like, oh. Yeah. It's gross when you think about it. It, it really is, and I'm not apologizing for it. I don't like it either, the fact that I don't actually own these games, but at the same time, that's the reality of it now. You are just renting the games, basically, you know? So they don't belong to you. I, like, it sucks that, on principle, I really, it's distasteful, but you have to just accept it, you know? Well, know, what you, know what you're getting into. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, read the fine print. It's right there. They're, they're, it's not in secret. They, they, they flat out said this, but yeah, people were very well, they upset. Say. It was like, it, it, they, you know, when this was initially uh, announced. Oh, initially, hey, no, no. It's you know, now. These yeah. really cool games. Like, oh, so you're talking, don't own any. What? It's like, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. It's, it's going to be awesome. It's like, all right, great. It's like, you know, like the PS4 announcement where he kind of said, like, Hey, and your games will be free to play on single player. People are like, yeah, fuck that. And we're like, wait a minute. He didn't say anything about multiplayer. Mm-hmm. And he just, you know, and just fucking 
I like Jack Shredden. He knows how to handle a crowd. He's like, yep, don't worry. I'm not even going to mention this other thing because you guys are really excited. Yeah, that was from there. yeah, that was a highlight for me because I remember I was like on the show floor that year, right? So he <laughs> says like, all your games will be free to play as long as you're playing single player. I turned to my friend like, that's a slick dude, man. I know what he's doing. It's like, wait, you're cheering because he's telling you the game's supposed to do what it's supposed to do. And you're like, yeah, fuck yeah. Like, yeah, man, we get to play for free. It's like, did you guys not hear what he said? Listen to what he didn't say. You're going to have to pay for online. (laughs) But the thing is, we all knew you were going to have to pay for online this generation. You knew it, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. Because yep. people are willing to pay for it. I mean, they took the, the the Microsoft example where it's like, hey, you know, people will pay for online when the service works. And exactly. I think that was the problem with the initial, like, on PS3, it was like, hey, you know what, it's free, and, you know, the uh, the online is very shoddy. But it's like, hey, I didn't pay for it, so... No, but there is a new expectation. I'll say, if I'm going to pay $60 a year, this online better fucking work. Exactly. Yeah. But also with PlayStation Plus, with the game, you know, with getting those free games and everything, it, 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 you know, it sweetens the deal. So it's like, okay, well, I mean, I'm paying for online, but at least I'm getting something else, you know, getting yeah. a nice bonus out of it. Which, you know, Microsoft, now they're like, oh, shit, well, now we have to do something, you know. Now well, we have that's, to do that's why the that. games on game, Games for Gold for Xbox are, like, like older, like, first-party Xbox stuff. Because it's like, if they actually had to give the games, like, if, if we had the interview with Michael Pactor where he talked about, like, giveaways and stuff, it's like, they actually have to pay for it. So it's like, right, yeah. they want to give, you know, Ultra Street Fighter, you know, 4 for free, they have to give Capcom, you know, a percentage of, they almost have to buy this many million copies of games so they can they give up for away. free. Yeah. At least in the Sony thing, it's like, hey, it's a subscription service, so they only get like a percentage of, you know, they'll, they'll get a dollar and every time a person downloads the game, but they don't technically own it, so we're going to have to actually give them money. So it's weird, it's weird legal mumbo-jumbo, which is why we're getting better stuff for free. On PlayStation Plus, yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's put it for free. Yeah, because Sony's not giving that much money to vote. They might be getting a tape, you know, maybe getting a cut or a percentage, but since they don't technically own it, there's no actual transaction there. It's just, right. play this game. Which is like you clever, clever devils. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is a little bit of a off-topic thing, but it's still on topic. Um, it's funny because I, I need to get myself out of that mentality that a physical game is the real thing. Because I'm looking at my shelf, I'm like, I only own four PlayStation Four games. Then I look at my library, I'm like, I have sixteen games. So yeah, it's kind of <laughs> interesting. Yeah, but my yeah. Xbox One library is like that too. Where I was like, eh, I've only got like a couple. Yeah, I've only got a couple of games. But then I look at my games and apps, I'm I've got like a dozen or more, and it's a lot of downloadable stuff. So like. Oh yeah, this stuff's still mine too. Right. But you always get into the discussion. It's like, hey, what if this stuff disappears? What you know? What's going to be the value of this physical disc? Because the next gen systems, those CDs are really just—they don't do anything. They're outside of being an install disc. You technically don't need those CDs. Yeah, it's true. They're just a like a transportation device if you really <laughs> think about it. Um, but yeah, the the point is like I have most of my games have been downloaded, and I know I don't own them, and I'm okay with it. I mean. Not 100% okay with it, obviously, but I, I live with it, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, hey, 10 years from now, and I'm like, ah, I want to play some Xbox One just for shits and giggles, and you're like, yeah. oh, wait, I downloaded this, and the service is no longer available. Where does this game exist? Like, yeah, that's something to, that really scares me, by the way. And that's, and, and, that's, and that's a new problem we're having in the last it couple of years, where it's like, oh, because digital distribution is still in its kind of infancy where we don't know wh- who owns what and what's responsible. It's like, you know, people can get into their wills where it's like, hey, I can will off my iTunes library if I die. I can give it to a family member or something because it's like, no, no, you have to go through it. Apparently there's a process you have to go through. If you, you know, if you were to die and, like, says, like, hey, so-and-so died, I'm just going to take his library because he's related to me. He's like, oh, no, 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 you didn't approve that. That's that's his own wow. Like, It's weird. You have to put it in writing and it's just, like, it's... It's scary. It's digital. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> this digital future is scary. 
I need yeah. Kevin Spacey to tell me things. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, okay, what if 10 years from now I want to play Dragon Age Inquisition? I don't know if that's going to work. 10 years from now, if I want to play Super Mario Brothers on an NES, I can still do that. You know, it still really works. Yeah, I think what will happen is if, like, God forbid, say, like, Microsoft or Sony just go under and disappear, I think other companies like an Amazon or something be like, hey, we're just going to buy your catalog and your library so people who are out there can still... Like, I don't think your games are just going to disappear wholeheartedly, but... You know, online services are going to disappear. Like, yeah, you know yeah, what? Halo 4 multiplayer is only going to be around for so long. It's like, hey, look, it's 10 years later. Let's, you, you guys should be able to just give it up, all right? Let's, it's fine. Yeah, and we see that all the time, too. Studios are like, you know what? We're going to close the servers. You've been playing that game. Sorry. You know, so it's going to happen. It costs money. <laughs> it really does. It really does. That's why we pay for online. <laughs> Unless you're a PC guy. You, PC guys don't fuck around with that. Like, I'm not paying for shit. I'm not behind a paywall on PC. I'm just saying. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> oh man, the master race. frames. Mine's eighty-five frames. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, that's about all that stuff. So let's talk about what games we have been playing. Uh, Ryan, what have you been playing this week? Um, not too much. Uh, I play, I went. I hopped back into Far Cry Three for a little bit finally because I've been nice. trying to still plow my way through that game. Um, Far Cry Three. I actually just before we started recording, I started playing the new episode of. Um, Kentucky Route Zero because that was finally released. Ah, um, yes. I was yeah. I, I saw the news. I saw the news post about um about the game coming. I was like, what? Because like because the last episode came out last year, like last May. So it's been a year since the last episode came out. Um, and I've been, that game is a good kind of weird. It is, yeah. But yeah, it's it's been great so far. I'm actually almost done with the episode. So after you record, I'm gonna go finish that. Um, <laughs> I also bought. I played a little bit more Final Fantasy X HD on Vita. And I also I bought Child of Light. Uh, I haven't started it yet, but I'm hopefully going to probably this week. So nice. That's it for me. Yep. George, what about you, man? Uh, I've been stuck doing day job stuff, so I've been either on the road or so, so I've been taking the iPad with me. So I've been playing a lot of uh, Her, uh, Hearthstone, and also I got a early build of uh, Treachery and Beatdown City. So I'm oh, trying to play that. The thing is, it's so it's such an early build where I have to use like a PlayStation Mobile dev kit in order to play it. Wow. So I had to go to that. Yeah. So the so Sean sent me Sean from New Challenger sent me like a Dropbox where he goes, oh yeah, just do that. And this crazy instructions doesn't get this game to run, but really cool so far. They just they just funded the game on Kickstarter, which was like a very kind of, you know, nail-biter there, where it was like, hey, we've got three hours left, and we need, like, $8,000. <laughs> they got it. And I was like, at some point, I was like, oh, man, he's such a cool guy, and I would love to see his game get funded. And I, you know, spoke packs. I'd love, love to throw $8,000 at him, you know? And yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, if I had that money, I was like, that'd be great if, you know, that'd be, then, hey, we'll, we talk about, like, conflict of interest. I'm like, hey, I have a personal investment in this game. Better do fucking well. <laughs> I... <laughs> Yeah, but it's, uh, he's one of those, uh, you know, he's a local developer out of New York, and it's just like, yeah, you want to see those guys do well, because he, oh, yeah, totally. he's got an interesting take on turn-based combat, and yeah, I mean, he, he had his goal, and I was really happy for him, so I kind of can't wait to dive more into uh, Treacher and Beaton City, so I'm going to do that, maybe do a write-up for it. Uh, what else? I think that, yeah, I think that's it. I've been kind of like running around like a crazy person, so just a lot of the stuff on my tablet, so a lot of screen-touching that's uh, going touching on. and swiping going on. A lot of swipes and playing with cards and yeah, Hearthstone. They're gonna nerf my uh, hunter class. So I'm kind of annoyed by that. Womp, womp, womp. I mean, it is super overpowered. Like I'm sitting, I was like, oh, that's a great card. A million minions show up, and I'm like, ha 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 ha. And I was like, yeah, it's, I, I'm not good at that game. I'm just very good at just exploiting my class. 
<laughs> there you go. And there's a huge difference there. So once that like nerf happens, I'm gonna be like, oh, I guess I'm gonna stop playing this game. <laughs> yeah. As far as myself, I've been. I think. Yeah, I've only been. I've been playing the same games I played last week. Mercenary Kings. I know I promised you guys a review of that, but I kept playing <laughs> it and playing it because that's really fun. So I'm gonna do that this week. I promise. I will have a review for you. Um, almost done. And I got back into Child of Light. What a great game, man! It yeah, it, it fills you with such joy just to play it. You know, I, uh, yeah. I just I boot camped my computer, so that's my fr- that's my inaugural uh, Windows game. <laughs> my computer right now is is gonna be Child of Light once I uh, once I get a chance to play it. Yeah, it's like every time I play it, like I have to fight the urge to not tweet every single little rhyming thing they do because it's just so cute. You know, I I like that. It's fun. The the rhyming is interesting because I've I've like most of the reviews I've read have been pretty like mixed about it. Like some people say that like it's cute and charming, and then others are just like, oh, it's fucking annoying. Like and uh, those people have no soul, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I like the fact that in every country, all dialogue rhymes. They made sure of that. That's really fun. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in, I'm really really enjoying it, and I'm getting more characters as I play, which is you know, and I finally it's weird about the game though. Like, I'm I think I'm about maybe sixty six percent through of it, and I just finally got like a you know area of attack, uh, you know, like things. So I'm like, I, yeah, because it was kind of annoying. I'm like, I had to pick off each enemy one by one, and I could finally just hit them all at the same time, which is good. But um, yeah, the combat is interesting. But I, I just love the whole like. It's not it's not one of those games where like it's about this. It's about the entire tapestry of it just coming together to make this awesome experience. I love it. It's great. And, yeah, definitely um, gonna try. It's gonna it's on my. That's gonna be. I can tell it's gonna be on my backlog. Like oh, I kind of want to play this. And I'm like I don't want to play it now. So yeah, so yeah, my back may, So AKA, I may games. never play Child of Light. <laughs> yeah, right. And I still want to get back into fucking um. What, I'm forgetting the goddamn name now. Um, 3DS game, Final Fantasy, but not Final Fantasy. Forgetting the game. Bravely Default. Bravely Default. I want to get back to Bravely Default. By the way, I when I get back into Bravely Default, I'll probably have the most items ever because I've had it on ever since the game came out. So every time you leave it on, you get more and more items. So I have probably like a million Phoenix Downs and like all these crazy things just because I've just had it on the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty awesome. So I want to get back into that and then... um. I can't talk about it now, but I will be getting a game to review uh, this week, and then I'll probably talk about that next week. So, yeah, a lot of fun stuff. Video games, man. Video games are awesome. <laughs> um, that's about it. Thank you guys for listening and watching uh, to the Dual Shocker Shotcast episode 173. Once again, I was your host, Tony Polanco, and tonight I was joined by Brian Meisler. No, Tony. Fuck you. <laughs> I mean, we need to bring it full circle, you know. Now I want to be like Eddie Murphy. Fuck you. Fuck you, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. George Jimenez. The language is a little bit too vulgar for me, guys. I'm sorry. I'm just, <laughs> just call it. Sorry. Unprofessional. Highly unprofessional in this fucking podcast. All right, guys. See you next week. Thanks. Bye-bye.